Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Reckless Attack. I went musical that time. Mm, uh, I like had to it. re-record the intro, so, you know, I got to jazz it up a little bit. But hey, we are a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, edition, not addiction, but, you know, hey, some of us in our dice, am I right? We're a 5th yes. edition actual play podcast. My name is Nathan. I am your dungeon master this evening, or whenever you're listening to it, it's evening for us. And I have a lot to say this evening. About a whole lot of different things, but first, I'd really love to introduce you all to my lovely, beautiful, powerful players who are seated around the table with me here this evening, across from me. Good sir. Hello, everyone. Hi, my name is David, and I play Kaskarin Brightmane, the Dwarven Morlock, who is today talking with, I think, his first interaction with another guild. So we'll see how that goes. And next to him. <laughs> Is Valeska Carter, played by me, Sophie Hansen. <laughs> Hi, Sophie Hansen. Hi. Val is a human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And she and Cass get to do talking while selling checkers. We have to do all the boring stuff. Cause yeah, because like, we're right. the responsible adult. Ugh. No, okay. We left the other responsible adult. Yes. Yeah. Good way to put with it. With checkers. Yeah. I know. I have to keep everything in check. Self is just really, you know, out of yeah, control. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just, I have no control over him either. <laughs> Which brings us to me, I guess. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Steve. I am playing Sylvesterlin, the monk. And this episode, I believe he's going to continue to take advantage of his owl bear distraction that checkers was kind enough to get going. And hopefully keep everybody out of trouble while letting the owl bears take care of most of what's going on over there. Now, now to clarify, you might know it's an owl bear, but self that, does not. That is true. I was re-listening uh, to the episode today. You really biffed that check. So, all right. In that case, the <laughs> the owl that is the size of a bear <laughs> distraction that is happening described as bear-like, a bear-like mm-hmm. owl, yes, and um, bird-like. So hopefully, this bear owl is able to distract everybody or distract the grungs and. Uh, we can come in for some cleanup, which yeah. leads us to our last player at the table. Excellent. Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal, Mango. Checkers has been sitting around for the better part of an hour now, and he is just vibrating with nervous energy at the thought of doing something cool and interesting. I will say, you did declare last time that Checkers would steal some fruit. And yes. that did not happen. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, this so. is all, essentially, our session was all of, like, 30 minutes in game time, <laughs> right. I think. There's Maybe tops. plenty of opportunities at this point. Mm-hmm. And checkers cannot be contained, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to go too deep into any sort of recap stuff. And instead, I'd just like to talk about me preparing for the evening. We had a couple weeks off, and... I took some nice time, got to take some deep breaths, just relax, try to only pursue the fun things when it came to DMing and world building and idea, ideating and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, I was like, okay, buckle in. We got some stuff going on. We got a session Monday. Let's get ready. I just sat at a Google document for some time. It went in nothing, just nothing. And I very quickly realized that the reason for that was because this was one of the first real great examples of a particular type of DMing or a moment in DMing, maybe, where you present your players with a situation. Here's all the details. Here's all the variables. And then you just say... Yeah, I don't know how you're going to do it either. Good luck, guys. And that's kind of all you can do. And that is what this session is. We talked just a little bit and I kind of specifically asked, hey, be sure you have some ideas of what you might do going in Monday. And I got a couple thrown my way. I saw a couple kind of thrown back and forth, but we haven't decided on anything. So it's kind of a nice time and a thrilling time and also a terrible time to be a DM. 
because I just have to sit back and pray that I can keep up with the insanity of my players. So, back at the caravan, Cass and Val touch base with the guild, or excuse me, with the caravan leaders, Branar and Granik, Bronze Mace. And they were definitely sympathetic to your plight and sympathetic certainly to the danger posed, but essentially their hands were tied. They couldn't go themselves. They couldn't spare any kind of official guard. But what they did say was, hey, actually, we think we might have someone else who might be interested in helping and able to help. And what they brought back was Yanis Varga, who is indeed the commander of the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. He has already kind of looked you guys up and down. He has extended a hand in, we'll say, partnership. Kaskarin Brightmane extends his hand and gives Yanis a firm handshake. Mm -hmm. Yanis, it's a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to working with you. I know you've been informed of the situation. We have two of our companions. Checkers and... Uh, <laughs> checkers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's been too say long. That that's in character. Yeah. Val, at this point, will step up and put a hand on Cass. Kind of like right this center, so her hand can't be seen, and cast Guidance really quick. And then reach out and extend her hand and say, Giannis, Val. Very nice to meet you, and I appreciate your help. And cast Inflict Wounds. Yeah. (laughs) But he gives you both a firm handshake, and he nods at you both in turn. Vibe check. Yeah, absolutely. Roll me an inside check. What are you looking for kind of specifically? I want to know if this man's an asshole. Like, is it going to be... Do you think he's like a that's like a DC3. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I want to know, is he going to act... Is he an asshole, or is he just an elf? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is he going to be a team player or Mm, have mm -hmm. to quarterback everything yep absolutely i love that question and are you doing this like right from the jump where you're like i want to see right now what kind of energy he's putting out Mm -hmm. so you guys can position yourself accordingly is that kind of the the hope i'm gonna just see how hard it is to make him work with us got it and not make it so he thinks we work for him yep give me an insight check 19 on the die. Wow. Nice. Just just for fun. Yeah. What's the total? 24. So what happens is that you cast guidance on Cass. You see already Cass is like, well, he already forgot the names of his fellow guilders, first (laughs) of all. Um, And you step up, you give the handshake. He turns to you guys and he says like, all right, I've been briefed a little bit as to what's going on only enough to get me here. You, and he points to Cass, tell me what's going on. And the way he's standing and the way he turned to Cass was very like, you tell me what's going on, and then I will decide what to do with that information. Gotcha. So as Val gets that vibe check, you know, she's shaking his hand kind of as she's vibe Mm -hmm. checking him. (laughs) She's like, thank you so much for your assistance, Commander. Catherine Brightmane and myself, Valeska Carter. We'll be briefing you of the situation as we move because time is of the essence. Catherine's been pretty stiff this whole time. Like he was about to just say like a very succinct report that he's given, you know, thousands of times at this point to his commanding officers. He's like standing at attention and he was about to go off about the grung, about self, about checkers. And the second you put a reassuring hand on his back, it brings him back into this moment. Like Valeska said, time is of the essence. We should move. And real quick, whenever Val stops talking and has a second, she's going to use Mind Link and just say to Cass, like, you got this. <laughs> just pumping him up. He's yeah. like taking internal deep breaths. It's mm-hmm. this battle between trying to find himself and trying to fight against 30 years of conditioning. Yeah. How does Cass see himself in this sort of situation? Or like, not just how does he see himself, how does he want to be? Cassgrin wishes that he could be in Yanis's position. He wishes that he could be the one basically providing the assistance and, and then leading the Verdant Wave and the Golden Tree into battle against the Grung. And he's trying very hard not to let Yanis see the hesitation yeah. of talking to someone like him. Yeah, awesome. And I feel like Val knows this enough about Cass and knows, like, he might snap back to, oh, I am a subordinate Mm -hmm. report 
And Val doesn't want that to happen in this moment. So she's trying to like pump him up, give Cass guidance, and be like, no, you've got this. Yeah. He's not your commander. This is your situation. Can I also ask, why is Val taking kind of a particular interest in pumping Kaskarin up in this moment, especially when she's like, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like him. Let's deal with this over here. Let's deal with Kaskarin. Yeah. I think it, it's a little bit of, this guy sucks. Yeah. I don't want to listen to him. She is not one to think, oh, because you carry the title cool. of commander, yeah. I will follow. She has a very different experience than Cass in this situation. And Cass is, her friend is her companion. She's automatically going to take Cass's side in any situation until proven otherwise. Awesome. And I feel like, I don't know, Cass is, she's at least noticed this, but it's up to David if you would have shared your ambition to be in a commanding role. I think it would have come up at least once or twice in the months of training that we've had together around the campfire. Like, mm-hmm. his goal of just being more than what he is and trying to take those first steps. Mm-hmm. Trying to step out of someone's shadow, trying to step out of mm-hmm. listening to orders. And Val's happy to, like, pump Cass up in this, because honestly, for her, if Cass is the leader, she can go do the research. So. <laughs> she knows she knows what kind of things that she can pull with Cass, basically. Yeah. Someone mm-hmm. else can deal with this. <laughs> so Cassgrin takes one last look at Brainar and Granite and says, thank you for all your help for turning back to Yanis. I said, says, Time is of the essence. We should move. Awesome. We have three primary objectives and then starts going into what needs to be done. Awesome. Before we completely mm-hmm. walk away, or is there anybody yeah. else going so, to help yeah, us? Right. I, am, I, I, was, I was waiting to interject <laughs> exactly yeah. that. So it took a little while for them to track down the Verdant Wave, and I figured that Cass was going to go around to anyone who's on watch. Are you or is anyone in your group willing to come with us? So I have two questions. Okay. First, I will ask you to roll d20, but not yet. Second, what does Kaskarin tell to people? How does he try to recruit people who are tired, who are maybe even asleep? Some of them are just farmers who have pitchforks or are former town guard people who are just like, no, I'm moving and I'm starting a new life or people with families or whatever. What does Kaskarin say to try and rally people yeah. to come. This is something he actively has to think of. Like he's mm-hmm. almost writing a script in his head of what he's going to that. say to these people. And what comes out is this is a moment when your friends and your family need you to protect them. They need you to stand against the encroaching darkness. There are very real threats tonight in this forest. July 4th will no longer be just an American <laughs> <Yeah>. holiday. <laughs> and he says to them, I know you're tired. It's been a long night. But you have a chance to prove yourself. You can step up. Pick up your sword. Pick up your shield. And come with me. Perfect. I love that. So, I'm going to have you roll whatever kind of charisma check that you think might be of use. Whatever tone and tenor you think is appropriate, you can roll your d20, and you can roll with Valeska's extra d4 of guidance as well. Awesome. Kaskrin's going to try to persuade some of these town folk. That is going to be a... Nice guidance. 19. Ooh. Damn. The guidance was four. Very nice. Oh, this is just the die roll? Or is that with your persuasion bonus? With a persuasion bonus. The total was 19. Okay. Roll me 2d6. Ooh. 10. Whoa. Nice. And your total was a 19? Yes. So You find one other person. <laughs> no. So over the course of the couple minutes that you have, again, it takes a little while for Yanis to kind of be found, brought up, all that good stuff. You actually managed to get 13 people to come nice. with you. Wow. Again, these, for the most part, there are a wide variety of different skill levels, abilities, whatever. You probably hear from a couple people like, hey, I'm not like a fightery type person, but we're willing to help. So just assume that they're all relatively... Sorry, is that 13 including Giannis or 13 others? 13 just caravan people. And that does not include anyone from the Verdant Wave. So we'll reshift reality just a little bit. 
and you've told Giannis, all right, hey, let's walk and talk. We're going. We'll tell you about it on the way. Here are kind of the strategic importances. Here's my ideas. Here's what I think we should do. And right as you're turning, you see this group of 13 people who stepped forward that you talked to all of these people. Actually, maybe there was even one or two who you didn't talk to who maybe just overheard you and decided that they wanted to step up and take part too. You see Giannis look over his shoulder like he's looking at you and you can tell is about to say something snappy in retort to you telling him what to do but sees this group of people who wave out at you basically and said, uh, yep, we're here. We're ready to go. Where, are we? Where do we need to go? And that kind of silences him. The 16 of you start walking into the forest and after a couple of feet into the woods, sliding up to Giannis, you see two more individuals who are, you soon realize, two more Verdant Wave members. You see a female dwarf who is also covered in some essentially half plate armor, but fairly heavily armored, has a totally shaved head and in both hands has a huge two handed like morning star where it has a big ball and spikes at the end. That's awesome. She's also wearing a pendant of some sort of religious significance. I see Sophie is saying, excuse me, excuse me. I would like, uh, yep. Oh, we'll, oh, I'll wait. I'll we'll wait. get you. We'll get you. <laughs> this dwarf is kind of looking surly and looking around ready for something. Lumbering behind this individual, you see a large reptilian creature who has a large shell on their back. <gasps> uh, they are a turtle. Yes. And for those of you both around the table and anyone who's listening, They are big turtle creatures. They're very large, very beefy. They're thick boys and gals. But this one seems even larger because it is wearing these long flowing robes. And it makes them almost look like a strange dome because of just their their weird proportions. You see this creature is just lumbering behind this dwarf and catches up with you guys just with huge long strides. And you see in its hand, it's kind of scaled reptilian pointed finger hand. It is holding a thick tome and it has around its neck a pair of tiny reading glasses that are just dangling and kind of swaying back and forth as it is walking. Now, the last thing, Sophie, two things. Yes. It seemed like you maybe wanted to roll to see if you recognized what this religious herald, herald, heraldry was. Yes. But also, I would like to give you inspiration for your excellent role-playing during the last encounter. Nice. Hey. I get to use my new dice. And it doesn't need to be on this roll. It can be whatever you want. Ooh. Mm. No, I really want to know what this okay. is. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I needed it. Yes, uh, you did. 19. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you do actually know this. It's not a super widespread devotion, but is certainly common enough that you have no problem. Like, oh, yeah, know that guy. And I have told you a little bit about it. But in the interest of having not Nathan's talk, what do you know or do you even broach the subject with this individual? Or what do you do? What do you do with that information? I think it will depend if Cass and Giannis are still talking. Assuming they are because Cass is explaining the situation that we're about to go into. Val will not try to start a conversation with this woman, but just note that the heraldry on her armor or Mm -hmm. her person is that of the saint of the morning star and be like, ah, yes, she's the war domain. And then slowly have this realization of like, okay, yeah. Getting followers to go into battle by stoking the flames of violence and almost inducing a bloodthirsty rage. Yep. That's a choice. Yep. And that is the type of person I'm dealing with, and that is good to know. Correct. I might just count how many healing potions I have right now. Yep. It's very informative. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tells you a few things about what this type of person is for certain. But yeah, so I'm imagining that Kaskarin and Giannis are kind of up front, and they 
may or may not be jockeying for who is taking a quarter inch lead in front of the other. We're just like bumping shoulders <laughs> yeah. back and forth. I, exactly. I, I think Giannis can actually walk faster than Kaskorn though. <laughs> yeah. So like just I, a, I, a little sucks, bit. I feel like I have to look well, up to him every time I talk to him and that's infuriating. Val will just cast Mind Link to Cass and be like, let him take the lead because then he'll get lost and look like a jackass. <laughs> that is true. No, he doesn't actually, you, yes. Yeah, he doesn't actually know where <laughs> Please, he's going. I insist. That's true. So he's actually probably matching you it is a very specific dynamic that I personally do not have the words for, but I feel like a lot of people might have the experience of, of someone who is like, doesn't know where they're going, but still inexplicably is out in front. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the vibe. But then I'm imagining kind of the three other guilders, Val included, of course, are in the row behind. And Val will just have an ear to the back and make sure... But look back occasionally, make sure everybody's not wandering off and getting lost. And she might even walk to the back to make sure everybody at least gets there safely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and again, just as a clarifier and to make sure we set the scene again, old, dense forest, you guys are no longer particularly stealthy. Even if you're trying to be stealthy, you are now a large group of people. And some of these people are just people <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and therefore not inherently stealthy in the woods. So you have no problem. A, keeping an eye on everyone, but you can also, no problem here, what Giannis and Kaskarin are saying. You don't have to go into a blow-by-blow if you don't want to, but what are kind of the themes and what are the things that Kaskarin is kind of saying? Yeah, so in laying out the details, he is making sure that, one, the people in the pen are taken care of, and two, that there's a high overlord sitting atop a rather large monstrous creature that also has to be taken care of. Third, unfortunately, none of the Grung can at least make it out of the perimeter to the caravan. They can't run farther into the woods and make it to where the other people are. So he's trying, he's working with Vanus to plan out who's doing what and who's who's taking which priority. And he's saying the people are the most important, but Yanis, there is the higher lord that needs to be taken care of. I trust that you and your people can at least distract him while we save the people in the pen. If you need backup, we will do what we can to provide it, but our priority is making sure that those people can get out safely. I guess, Mm -hmm. do we know anything about the Verdant Wave? Would you like to roll me a history check? Yes. Ooh. (laughs) History, you said? It's the best that I can't. I can't see what she rolled. She just immediately turned to me and went, hey, hey. <laughs> nice. So hopefully it was a good uh, one. It was a 15 on the die. So for a total of 19. Yes, indeed. So I'll, I'll keep it brief. So you don't know too, too much about the Verdant Wave. Well, I guess I guess I'd like to ask, how much research do you think Val did on guilds historically? There's a certain kind of baseline knowledge that a lot of people would just kind of, they know what guilds are. They might know one or two that operated in their town. And then there's kind of a little bit higher level of research where you're like, ah, yes, I have noted in the, you know, the historic battles or the historic adventures or whatever that, ah, this one showed up and that and remembering that. And then there's like, I am into this as a historical subject and I know all about guilds. Where do you think Val falls in that? I think Val falls in... Like, she read the compendium on (laughs) guilds in her research of the Golden Tree to see, like, what's this guild all about? Yeah. And then, like, got, like, at least, like, the tagline of a large number of guilds. And she's really trying to remember, like, okay, these guys, are they into helping or are they out for glory, in it for the money, you know, branding? What is their... (laughs) She's really just trying to remember their motivation for being a guild. Absolutely. I love that. So couple just very quick facts with what you're kind of remembering off the top of your head. One, the Verdant Wave is a very old guild. Probably one of the older ones. I mean, it's one of those things where like historical records are good, but one never knows exactly how good they were, especially mm-hmm. pre them being officially collated. But they are known as a very, very old and storied guild. And they, in a way that the Golden Tree never was, were very limited in operations. They probably had at max two to three groups around the world at any time. They were a very specific group Mm -hmm. and they were more or less helpful, but they were definitely much more pro-glory, 
pro getting paid, they're a little bit more mercenary than the Golden Tree historically was. But they are an extremely notable Mm -hmm. adventuring guild and that they are here. There would be chatter amongst the guild scholars of like, ooh, the Verdant Wave is here. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Val feeds us all all this information to Cass via Mindlink. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Nice. He knows. He knows. He so understands To help your now. strategizing. Yeah. So Yanis lets you deliver your thoughts and he nods and he says, very interesting thoughts. I think there's a couple of good ideas in there, certainly. But I think the part of the plan that I liked the most was focusing on the High Overlord. And I think it would be a mistake to pay much, if any, attention to any of the captives. Doing so would put our lives and their lives at risk. And I think we should just focus on taking out as many grung as possible and as quick an attack as possible. Try to shock and awe them and think that would be the best course of action. But if we just leave them there, some of the grung could take the people and leave. And he's faltering a bit at this point. He knows that strategically having everyone rush the High Overlord would be the right choice. But he says, but someone has to take care of these people. They're not going to make it out on their own. Val's just mind-linking you like, you got this. We need to get those people out. You are right in this scenario. You are free to have your people take the High Overlord if that's what you want. I guess my point, son, is that... Oh. <laughs> we all at the table just winced. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to find like a fucking like catapult spell that I don't have so I can make him trip. Smack at something. My point, son, is that of course we want to get these people out. Of course we do. You seem like an experienced soldier, and therefore you must know that battles are won and lost in seconds. And spending any amount of time doing something that is not Taking down our enemies would be a mistake. So, with that in mind, I, of course, will want to survey the situation once we get there, just to ensure that your briefing was correct. But we'll be going with my plan. We'll split up, we will flank, and we will hit them all hard. And that is my order. Kaskarin almost stumbles at this point, and before he even has a chance to rebut, the words, Sir, yes, sir come out of his lips from his years of conditioning. And he sees now Yanis is stepping in front of him. He sees the gleaming full plate in his back. And he is almost like biting back his words, having already subconsciously agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, he's like Cass, Cass agreeing, A, I think is valid, but also B, doesn't mean Cass has to agree in a couple minutes, or it doesn't mean that everyone else in your party is going to agree. In the moment, I think it's valid for Cass to be like, uh, well, yeah, sure, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Val will catch up to Cass at this point and say, we'll make sure they, the stragglers don't get away. We'll save the people. Cassgren is walking behind now, and he's like, someone has to save them. They can't save themselves. And he's like almost mind-leaking to... You yeah. definitely have the ability to respond. He's mind-leaking to Val and saying, when we get there, Keep an eye on Yanis, and keep an eye on any grung that make it away from the High Overlord. If any of them head towards the pen, or you see any of them running away, we have to stop them. That is our duty. And you hear back to you with 100% sincerity. Sir, yes, sir. And then they walk into the forest. And now... A word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. 
Stay for the cheese-obsessed Goblin Gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Mid-Roll. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening, and now, back to the episode. After you guys walk for a period of time, you guys come back vaguely, because I, I don't remember exactly if you saw precisely where Checkers and Selv set up. Jonathan and Steve, what does this group, and you guys can probably even hear them from a little ways off again, they, they're not the sneakiest we as a large group of people. We have two dwarves in like heavy plate armor. Right, exactly. Two, two you people have a, in you, full plate and a dwarf in half. A lot of plate. You have a lot of just normal folks traipsing through the forest, and they're trying their best, but their best is not adventure. And Val so. probably has light, because I don't think a lot of these guys have dark vision. No, that's <laughs> also probably true. So, what scene do we see? So, this is a very, very rare thing that is about to happen, <laughs> but as a player, I am calling for a perception check from the people in the front. So... Giannis, the Gilders, basically. Yeah, yes, the the Gilders. I'll roll for the. It's um. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> Ten. That would be a total of twenty-three. Val is the only one who notices. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. well, I don't know what your DC was going to be. It, it was, I rolled it was, very poorly. Okay, it was it was in the thirteen to fourteen range is uh, what I was looking for. Only Val notices. Ooh, okay, uh, and yeah, so again, Giannis is. He actually, I'll even say that. Now the verdant wave are now kind of talking amongst themselves and you hear this deep growly voiced dwarf kind of nodding, adding some things. You, you hear a turtle speak, it says, yes, that seems prudent. And they're talking and Kaskrin, you're lost in your own thoughts. Right. You know, you have a lot kind of weighing on you right now. A lot of stuff that you're trying to answer for yourself. And Val, <laughs> you are the only one in this whole group who notices dot, dot, dot. So with a 24, yeah. Uh, so you don't see anything really different at first, but you hear it. And what you hear is kind of, um, I don't know if it's anything that Val would have actually experienced before this or knew about, but it is kind of a combination of the kind of huffing of a large animal and the the hooting of an owl and it just it seems very almost depressing so it's kind of like this so what you've described is maybe the sick triceratops sound from jurassic park Uh, yes okay yes i think Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's the sound that hits you at first and then as you get closer to where you had left checkers and selv you actually see a large creature that is kind of bear-like with the head of an owl <laughs> and it is standing over a similar creature that but is slightly smaller than it you see a group of dead grung kind of scattered around uh, i forgot we said three to five i think so and to be clear they are piles of what may once have been grung oh i would imagine so little flashes of color, kind of yeah. neon color in the, uh, um, and a lot of red than, yep. than you were more than mm-hmm. you were expecting. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see this creature is standing over the smaller one protectively. The smaller one is on the ground. You can see it breathing because uh, you had a 24. And, um, but it seems to be either unconscious or in some kind of distress. But all of that is secondary Because the first thing you see when you come through is... So this large owl, you know, the bear creature is sort of hunched over the smaller uh, owl bear. 
trying to protect it. But sitting on top of the large owlbear is a blue frog, just with two <laughs> tufts of fur grasped in his hands. And he is just like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, that way, that way, come on. And then he also, between things that you can hear, he also switches into like a, uh, like a growly bear kind of voice, almost like he's trying to communicate with the creature and just not getting any response. And he's just like, come on, we, we we gotta go, we gotta go. And he's trying to pull pull the owl bear towards the direction of the grung camp. And then he turns around and sees you seeing him. It's like, oh, hey Val. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of busy here, but uh, who's, who's all these people? <laughs> you just see Val, like, <laughs> jaw agape, like, hanging with her, her um, ukulele, just, like, kind of, like, on the ground, like, and she's just slack jawed like and uh, again with your I had one more thing with your 24 you do also see Selv not where you had left him but actually maneuvering his way around the camp it looks like he's trying to get closer to the pen okay so many things happening in Val's brain <laughs> uh, right now so Val we'll still say that this is not happening in real time necessarily uh-huh. because you're just seeing all of this all at once and no one else has noticed yet uh huh I'm guessing she kind of realizes, like, I'm guessing, like, Giannis is kind of leading them in the wrong direction a little bit. And so she kind of, like, just naturally, like, veers off to where, like, we actually left you and cast you're kind of, like, in stride with Giannis a little bit. And so Vale sees this and just kind of, like, not breaking eye contact with Checkers, like, points off to where Cass kept going. And it's just like, come back. <laughs> and again, so all Cass hears in his mind is just like, you need to see this. Kaskrin looks over in the direction, uh, in, in Val's direction, and then in the background just sees this, like, silhouette through the trees of this owl bear, and there's just this tiny little frog-like creature pulling on its fur, and it's like, it's mind-linking to Valeska. Is that checkers? Val's hand, like, falls to her side, no longer pointing at Cass, and just like, yeah. <laughs> Selva's over there. Do I heal an a bear? I think I heal a bear. And that's more Val talking to herself, but the spell is still going. <laughs> Just like, what is happening? Uh, so to... Okay, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, do we want Val to go to... I know Val's going to go there. Do we want the group to remain separate still or do we want them- oh no Val is just stunned for like a minute she's just processing everything so she's not making a decision at this point she's actually probably gonna mind link checkers and be like checkers <laughs> <sighs> there's a lot uh is that what is that yeah so I'm, I'm gonna take this back a little bit yeah and checkers is you know again pulling on this thing and trying to maneuver it back towards the, the grung but when he hears Val's voice in his head, he turns in the direction because he might also notice the group coming in at this point. But he just kind of looks at you and just raises a hand and goes, Oh, hi, Val. Hi, Checkers. A little busy right now, but how are you doing? And he's like struggling trying to pull this thing in a direction. Uh, Really I- quick. So you've run ahead? No, Val's literally like oh, la- you're still laid, you're laid still mind eyes on Checkers. Yeah. And she has to be pretty close for that. Processing. Yeah. But she's just like, she's kind of just standing still, like, gathering information, asking questions. Okay, go ahead. And being like, what the... She's not approached. She's just just chatting. Yeah. Well, we found a couple of these owlbears as he's... Presumably owlbears. Um, <laughs> Brawls. 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 <laughs> Done. Cannon. As he's still struggling and just not making any progress... And he, he tells you, Val, that, you know, there were a group of grung that were still outside coming in, and these creatures were about to walk straight into an ambush. So Selv and I, we helped them out a little bit. But as you can see, things didn't quite turn out the way we wanted them to. And the smaller owlbear is, the smaller brawl is unconscious, presumably. And this larger mother owlbear is unresponsive to my, <laughs> to my, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, your commands. <laughs> yeah. So mm. I've I've tried talking to it in both owl and bear, and I haven't gotten anything yet. So I don't know what's going on, but think about how cool it would be if we could take this thing and just ride it right into the ground camp. Wouldn't that be cool? That it would be an image in infamy. Right? Absolutely. Kaskarin is like gesturing behind Yanis as he's like walking a foot ahead. He's like, Val, what is he doing? Get him out of there. 
Um, yeah, what's the range on Mindlink? 20 feet. So she's pretty close. Oh, okay. But she's trying to be quiet is why she's doing it. Totally. But so that means other people are probably, even if you went out just a little ahead or, you know, again, you kind of went the right way, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but they are pretty close. I'm going to have them all roll uh, another perception check. And Kaskarin's actually afraid at this point because we have described what Grung look like. But we have not identified that there are also friendly Grung. You know, so David, like, it's like you're reading my yeah, mind. Yeah. And I have a natural 20. So it's like, do not let them see him. Val's not helpful in that moment because, Nathan, I'm going to ask you to to roll on something because sure. I got really excited about it. I detailed David earlier. But so mind link response. Yes. When you're using Mind Link to speak telepathically to a creature, you can use your action to give that creature the ability to speak telepathically with you for one hour or until the until you end this effect as an action. To use this ability, mm-hmm. the creature must be able to see you and must be within 20 feet. Okay. I like to try to Mind Link the Mother Brow. Uh, so, it is telepathic. You give the ability to speak to speak to you telepathically. So, I think that is doable. But it would depend, obviously, on the intelligence of this particular creature as to mm-hmm. how nuanced of a conversation it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, I would say, go for it. I just had this image of it standing up on its hind legs, putting on a pair of spectacles. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <just looking at laughs> <him>. yeah. <laughs> as that's happening, as you're kind of processing this and have kind of started concocting this idea Giannis notices the owl bear and actually all the verdant wave does but he whirled the best and he holds up a hand to everyone and immediately points to his two fellow guild members who start slowly actually the turtle starts walking slowly and leafing through you mean it's normal speed well fair (laughs) it's trying to be a little stealthy I think as stealthy as it can or needs to be. I'm only um, leaving through its book and walking towards Checkers. I'm only just now realizing how similar Checkers looks to the High Overlord. In if you only had the description of a grung riding a large creature, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I can see how you would mistake this. Yep, <laughs> or situation. Yep, and they have not gotten to the camp yet, and so they have no further context for any of this. They just see ah, small frog person well, riding I, a creature. I think they told hmm. them color though. I think we just but no it is dark they are using dark vision dark vision is black and white they have no idea yeah I would Mm -hmm. never have seen the color they are walking towards we only know it's him because he has a hat right because it's (laughs) because it's like well duh that's checkers (laughs) of course it friggin is checkers maybe the high overlord killed me and stole my Uh, hat so how do you guys how do you guys react we do all know that checkers does not have a French accent yes (laughs) Uh, and Selv you are not anywhere close right Selv was sneaking his way around by the pen his thought was that if the owl bears caused a distraction and drew more grung, oh, yeah. then he might be able to get around and maybe get people out of the pen. So he was kind of moving that way. How close are we actually to the camp now? You guys were a little bit away. It is up to Jonathan and Steve how far away that they would want this to have happened. Because the encounter happened wherever you guys were set up camp. And I don't remember the specifics mm-hmm. of that, but. I assumed that you were far enough away that there was no real... You could keep an eye on things, but there was no real danger. Yeah, you had said that we were far enough that a a fight or a a small skirmish at least would not probably wake up anybody that was sleeping in the camp. Exactly. So whatever that... That That arbitrary distance. Correct. I'm imagining it's probably closer... It's probably like 80 to 100 feet maybe, the closest guard might be. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And then Val, you saw Selv because there Mm -hmm. are lights around the camp. I think we used to, there yes. were small there, fires. There were some yeah. several fires. There was a couple of kind of lookout torches, that yeah. kind of stuff. So there's like this little like flash of silver or white and you, you saw like, mm-hmm. you know, you follow that up and there's a head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Kaskarin and Val, how do you react to this turtle definitely going over to try and we will say subdue checkers. Val will run to it and try to inter- intervene unless... Cass beats her to it. Kaskrin is straight up panicking at this point because <laughs> he doesn't. He does not want them to go after Checkers and the mm-hmm. Brawl. You what? You don't want them to try and go kill your fellow guildmate? <laughs> exactly. Wow. So he's actually character development. Thinking of casting catapult 
and seeing if he can fling a rock in the direction of the camp to try to make some noise. Oh no! <laughs> that is that is an That's order a of bad chaos. Plan. <laughs> he again is is panicking. He's like, they're gonna they're gonna close in on him, and they're gonna they're gonna like Val is just running towards the turtle, and, and he's probably close ish to Giannis, and just start kind of like again whisper yelling be like no 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 this is our ally this is checkers do not kill this grung i'm just i'm debating if i want to make the situation worse because when checkers is sort of realizes oh hey you know i kind of look like the high overlord (laughs) (laughs) he might be like oh hey val it is me checkers the high overlord (laughs) (laughs) when checkers does that and yanis like i can see yanis like perk up and he like takes his other hand and points towards the, the dwarf to get in position. Yeah, this is all happening. Kaskrin like, is just boom, like, boom, he boom, loses boom. it. He grabs something uh, out in the distance and basically you hear, you know, 60 feet away in the direction of the camp, just this loud crack as like something smacks against the trees. And it is unmistakable. Okay, so a bunch of things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, I would like to rewind, not even rewind, I would like to take note mm-hmm. that Checkers had a brilliant character moment of doing this fun jape, but as far as you guys were concerned, Checkers just started speaking in a French accent <laughs> for no reason, because he was the only one who understood these grung, and oh, so he right. just decided, <laughs> as far as you guys know, Checkers just is doing whatever our world's equivalent of a French accent is at you. And that was his that was his as an actor choice to do that as representative of the High Overlord. Okay. So, Val, you take off and you have like a skidding, like anime, like hands up stop mm-hmm. right in front of the turtle who is startled and successfully, you know, at least paused for a moment. And then you all hear this crack of wood from a distance and everyone spins around. Oh, no. Yanis hisses at everyone to take cover. You see the turtle immediately shoots down into its shell <laughs> only with its head poking up, scanning the area. You see all of the caravan people all immediately fall to the ground and panic. And you see the other Verdant Wave member crouch down into, you know, holding its two-handed Morningstar, like looking around wildly. You hear some commotion down at the camp. Selv, you being close-ish to the camp, you, and only you, because no one else is close enough, see a number of grung wake up, and there's a lot of croaking and chittering and what have you. Not all of them, but a good number and then, you know, a guard who is kind of towards that direction, which is kind of in the direction that you guys are, motions to a number of them to get up and to follow slightly into the woods. And that's what you see. But it takes a, it takes a little bit to kind of get everyone get awake organized, and yeah, organized. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But some of them are even grabbing monsters and animals and mortals that they are next to and are clearly gathering to do something. You were the only one with that information. You don't know what happened with the rest of the group. You definitely heard the crack, but that's really all you know, other than you know that you have left checkers behind. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first mistake. Uh, what do you do? I guess, how far did I get? How close am I to that pen? I would say, I mean, the pen is not all the way on the outside of the camp or whatever, but you would have had plenty of time to be in whatever part of this outside rim of the camp okay. that you would want to be right. without any problem. Um, so when when that the large crack of wood yep. happens, is is there a grung currently inside the pen? Yeah, there's a like I think two or three grung. I'll just say it's two who are just like going around. It's literally just like tapping on the forehead, holding it there for like a couple seconds, and then moving on to the next okay. one. Okay. They whip around, I'm assuming, and look at where the sound came from. Yes, essentially, essentially putting their backs. Yeah, to me. absolutely. Okay. In that case, what I would do is use that, and if I can jump the pen and just go in and see if I can just knock him out real quick. This is really escalated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember how I started this session being like, 
Choose your own adventure. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I have a couple ideas of what might happen, but, you know, let's find... No, I, none actually, of this was on the list. I, I guess I, I will... Uh, is is anybody on the other side of the pen, like, in by me, alerted? Uh, like, are, are there other grung that are getting ready? Because I don't want to run past a whole bunch of grung just to to attack the two that are in the pen and then have to turn around and face, like, 15 others. Yeah, so a couple of things. So first, no. I'm going to say that this is on enough of the other side of the camp. It didn't wake up everybody. It definitely caught the attention of the guard who was closest to it and probably a couple other ones, and he's kind of shouting and waking up the ones who are nearest to him. Okay. So there would be anyone who's on this side other than the two guard-slash-handlers of the pen are asleep. But you would also know that they are still being actively dosed with poison and that the prisoners might suffer the same reaction. So they might they might get knocked out. Exactly. Or, oh, okay, okay. In that case, I'm going to hold... Case, I'm, I'm going to go 1v1, yeah. the high overlord. Yes. I'm going to hold off and stay hidden and see how many get drawn that direction. Okay. My overall plan is if they start moving that way, I'm going to try to pick them off from behind one at a time, kind of as a as they go. So when they when they actually get to everybody else, there's only like two or three of them. Nice. <laughs> and okay. then there's, there's me behind them. The only thing I want is to whisper to the turtle, the grung with a kilt and a hat is an ally. <laughs> it's me, the High Overlord. Uh, he is not. He is an ass and he is lying. <laughs> he is a great many things, but he is not the High Overlord. He is not the High Overlord. He's trying to be funny and he's real bad timing. <laughs> he's a real asshole. <laughs> so Kaskrin has been in this panic and has made a noise and is now just overcome with a sense of dread of what he's done. He sees, yeah. he hears the crack in the far woods and then a moment of silence as Checker is just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then like in the distance, he, he like almost, he sees like the trees starting to shake as like the grung are mobilizing yes. in this direction. He takes a, a shaking hand on his maul and yells to the rest of the group, stick to the plan, stick to the plan. So as Checker is just like actively like, saying, oh, that's me, the High Overlord. He also hears the sounds of Grung sort of approaching from the camp and things happening, and he just gets so excited because after an hour of sitting around and waiting <laughs> and listening to Selv talk about contentment and chess, and chess, he wants to do nothing more than just charge in there on the giant owlbear that he's riding. All right. Let's do this, Casterin. Hi ho, Overlord! I think those are the perfect last words for anyone to say in character for this whole campaign, as you're all about to die when we come back next week on Reckless Attack. Thank you for listening, everyone. Ah. We'll see you next time. Checkers! <laughs> I didn't set up the situation. Was... I had nothing to do with I this. I regret everything. This... All of my choices <laughs> leading up to this. I was just trying to heal a baby owl there. That's all it was. <laughs>